On Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast. Uh, it's day two. I'll wrap up on day two of the Cyclone Taylor Cup. And boy, did it get interesting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment. I'm joined by our regular guests. And we can say that now. We've got two two shows in the in the bank. Josh Piercy, the voice of the Revelstoke Grizzlies. Emmanuel Sequera, Director of Communications for the KIJHL. My name's Mark Berry. I'm the host of Top Shelf. And uh, we're going to talk, first of all, about the matinee game, which was... Well, well, we'll describe it in just a moment. It was the Oceanside Generals and the Delta Icehawks. Delta coming close. Turning around, taking a shot through everybody. Shot scores! I think it was Carson Mer- Merriman that gets the goal. And of course, they played last night, so you wonder if fatigue is going to be a factor. Here, here's a chance. Scores with a shot. Scores! The captain! Smith against a forward. Puck right up front. Chance. Scores! Right in that zone I was just uh, talking about a moment ago. I think it was Lucchese with the goal. Back to Haas at the point. Haas takes a shot, scores! Straight in! Good frantic action here. That's the way it's supposed to be at the Cyclone Taylor Cup. Icehawks with a shot, stick explodes. Here's a chance, shot, scores! On the backhand, in behind the defense. What a move. The way they celebrate, you can't really tell yeah. by the flyby who got the goal. So It looked like Carson Hemingway at the start I, of that I thought one. it was too. Cook. Cook with a shot. Nice screen in front of the net. Oh, another shot. What a goal. And it's Tyler Gary. Pause. To the front of the net. Here's a chance. Scores. Paziak. Just like that, Mark. In a span of minutes, this game has totally changed. Four to three to score now on the... To Hemingway. That's Carson Hemingway. Walks the line. Shot through traffic. Scores. What a shot. What a scream. Far side. Icehawks. Shot through traffic. Off the back wall. What a goal. What a goal. I think that was who with the goal. Here comes Gary. Gary passes it to Paziak. Paziak with a shot. Scores. Back to Akimoto with a shot. Again, a wild shot off the back wall. Scores. The net. And again, I didn't get the goal scorer. And Ice Ox don't help you with the way they celebrate. They have a good time, though. Got to give them that. That's what matters. Content to just kill the, kill the clock. O'Brien doesn't take the shot. And the generals disappointed, no doubt. Well, what a game we just witnessed. Just a reminder for all you watching, it was 4-1 to one after the second period. Yeah. And now after 3-7-4. That was, that was a lot of goals, guys. Uh, wow, 7-4 the final. And, uh, you know, you called the game, Josh. Uh, your take on the game because it, it was one-sided. It was one-sided. It was high octane. Uh, it was about as interesting a game as we've seen here at the Revelstoke Forum in a long time. Yeah, seven for the final. Uh, interesting because in the third, you know, uh, the Oceanside Generals came back with those two quick goals, and I was like, four to three. Uh, here yeah, we go. This yeah. is going to be this is going to be a good one. And just suddenly, uh, it flew away for them. Obviously, a uh, little bit of ugliness there at the end, but uh, you can't ask for much more. Uh, you know, end to end action on both on both sides. And uh, I thought Delta looked really good today, really nice. A lot of creativity in that team, and you can tell why uh, they scored so many goals this season. You know what, uh, and you made a comment last night that was so prophetic because what you said was they're going to learn from that loss in day one, and they did because they played a chippy game, an aggressive game uh, in game one against uh, you know the, the Kimberly Dynamiters out of the Eddie Mountain division who know all too well how to play a tough game, and it didn't work out for them. 
they came in and used the skill that they have because they're a very skilled team that very offensive and you said the right thing they're very creative and they put up seven goals against a team i don't know if the generals gave up seven goals all season so it was pretty impressive impressive uh from the delta ice hawks uh emmanuel your thoughts on the game yeah you know what i really enjoyed it especially i love seeing goals and it was great to see as much offense as we did some really slick goals i was joking with somebody it's just like this game has more goals than all the two games yesterday combined. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like, yeah, aside from the crazy shenanigans near the end, I mean, and like we talked about yesterday, or I stated that I, th- I felt it was important for Delta to keep their cool yeah. and not get themselves into penalty trouble. And they really did for the most part until that end part. But, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that game and just all the nice goals that were scored. There are a lot of people here in Revelstoke who got the passes so that they could go to every single game. For all those neutrals who didn't have a dog in the fight today, wow. For a neutral, that was the best yeah. game you could ever ask for. Yeah, if you don't have a horse in the race, that was fun hockey to watch, no question about it. Talk a little bit about the play of uh, Zach Shaughnessy. You know, it's it was clear that Merrick Erickson was – MVP yesterday, but Sean uh, Shaughnessy played very well. So clearly, Delta's got two great goaltenders. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, Merrick Erickson, we called him the MVP in the first game. He played like an MVP in the first game. But Shaughnessy's no slump himself. He yeah. stood tall in the net uh, and made saves when he had to. Uh, Oceanside didn't have as much of the puck as Delta did, but when he was needed, he was there. Uh, who for you, uh, uh, you know, out front, one of the, among the skaters, stood out? Uh, Carson Hemingway for me no played really well and I think that the chemistry obviously that him and Ty Hemingway uh, have on the defense every time those guys are out on the ice they really look in control uh, of the play but I thought Hemingway was great on defense I thought he spread the play well yeah. and uh, a big part of that creativity you were saying uh, they did something creative in knocking the uh, puck off of the end oh. boards uh, and creating opportunities that way. And I've seen Carson Hemingway do that uh, a fair few times. Well, you know, and that was, th- I think it was three goals came off the back wall. And and I and it, and spoiler alert, uh, when I talk a little bit later on with Coach Robinson, we will close with that question because uh, I thought it was brilliant. Because it wasn't just those goals. They were putting that puck off the back dasher regularly. And they didn't even have to put it hard a- a- against it for the puck to come out to the side of the net and really cause trouble for Oceanside. I thought that was a key to the game because it took Oceanside off their game. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is if you look at Oceanside's first game last night against Revelstoke, they never let Revelstoke near the goal. But Delta was finding creative ways to get in front of the net and get those glorious scoring opportunities. I thought that... uh, you know, that, as you said, uh, shooting it off the back wall, getting a couple goals that way, threw the Oceanside Generals off. But it was that speed and creativity that they had. They're, they're a very good hockey club. Yeah, they came out hard. And actually, I thought Oceanside were giving the Delta Ice Hawks a good amount of space. They weren't really pressing them too hard on defense and giving them that space to make those diagonal passes, to do that that spread the play like, like they did. Uh, yeah, it just ended up being fire underneath what was an incredible uh, offensive display. Also want to mention the name uh, Carson Merriman. Uh, he, he was spectacular today as well. So many good players on that side. You know, Emmanuel, uh, your thoughts uh, once again on that game, uh, maybe from a pers- different perspective, maybe on how it relates to the tournament. That's a good question. <laughs> because, uh, you know, that game turned things around uh, because all of a sudden, you, you mentioned it uh, during the broadcast, 
you're in last place or you're in second last place, you're in third spot. After that game, you're in first place. And it just kind of changes the tournament for you. And then we'll talk about the evening game that made it even more exciting for the action tomorrow. But really, you know, how important was that win for Delta? Already it's like, even among us, I tell people like, talking about, oh, what what are the possibilities of what's going to happen the next day? It's already, and I'm sure it's already happening with the fans of like, yeah. trying to figure out what yes. the stands are going to turn out like. And so... You should see my chat and my, my text uh, today from other broadcasters. What's this mean? <laughs> yeah. it's I just, honestly, it's just like, it's making the t- tournament more interesting and I think it's going to keep the fans' attention on it. Whereas a little different than last year where it was almost kind of settled before it was done yeah and so but the way it's playing out it's gonna make the next two days really interesting and yeah i mean it's obviously it's gonna be great for all the fans that come to watch now let's close this off by talking with the head coach and general manager of the delta ice hawks steve robinson Talking with the head coach and general manager of the Delta Ice Hawks, Steve Robinson, following a 7-4 victory in Game 2 for the Ice Hawks, and it was a pivotal win. Are you really happy with the way your guys responded after that dramatic loss yesterday? Yeah, for sure. We were much, much better today. You know, yesterday was a weird game, but um, yeah, I just we've been resilient all year to bounce back. We, I don't think we've had two kind of poor efforts in a row, so I thought we'd play better today, and I was definitely happy with the effort and the pace, and just the energy level was much, much better. Hasn't that been the M.O. of the Ice Hawks all season? If they play a bad game, they come back with a vengeance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We talk about all the time is, you know, great teams don't have, you know, always respond and don't have two bad games in a row. And not necessarily that we were bad yesterday. We just we just didn't have our usual flow and our rhythm and our feet the way we normally play. And um, so I was pretty confident that we'd come back today. But nursing a couple of injuries, putting some young guys in, you know, you just never know how it's going to go, right? And uh, obviously up 4-1, I wouldn't have really wanted to have the third period to play out like it did, but... You know, as I said to the boys all the time, nobody asks how, just how many, and wins a win. How great is it to have two goaltenders you can rely on? It's huge. You know, when you got a condensed schedule like this and, uh, you know, thinking about going, like, in, in their case, less than 24 hours, in our case, 24 hours, I think it's pretty important to, to have that. And, uh, you know, I've been in different situations, but we've pretty much rotated those guys sort of 55, 45-ish all year. And I think they've pushed each other, they support each other, so it's really been a great tandem. Uh, you, you spoke about the APs. Maybe talk a little bit more about the APs. This is a big stage for them to step into. Talk about their play. Yeah, well, uh, you know, with Warburton uh, and uh, Petrie, they had played five games in the finals for us. So I, you know, built some trust with those guys. But Richards, this was his first game all year with wow. us. So to put him under that situation, that's kind of partly why I played them with uh, scorers in the early part of the game. I just thought, you know, they, they play on the same team together in the season, put somebody like Al with them that can kind of calm them and bring some confidence. And, uh yeah, I was real happy with how they played, and I thought they competed well. And, you know, now that he's kind of popped his cherry a little bit in the sense of, you know, because it's intimidating at first because yeah. he doesn't want to be the guy to make some mistakes. So I thought they did really well. And, you know, Warburton's already kind of proved to me, like, he's not a super high-talented guy, but he's a worker, he's a checker, and Petrie's just a smart player. So, that, that you know, it's uh, we always believe in young guys. And, you know, when you've got a pigeon rule that you can have unlimited 20s, people always ask me why I don't do it. But I see too many kids at 19, 20, they're on the decline. And having the young legs, I find just it just creates the right balance and dynamics amongst the group. And doesn't that also help your program for recruitment when you're moving guys on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the guy never I was just talking about is part of the reason that Sinclair and some of these kids are here is you know kids that came here before spoke highly of the fact that not only you got a chance to play, you played, you got meaningful minutes, 
and uh, an opportunity to go forward. And we never say no to call-ups or APs or whatever, ever. You know, that's our policy. So I think that's what brings more of those young kids knocking. And, you know, you know as well as anybody, like Junior B, you know, years ago, wasn't really a consideration for some of those elite program type guys but I think for some of these third year midgets especially to come back in and go back to so if they played U18 at a 17 year old to go back there for their third year doesn't make a lot of sense to me to come here and play a year here with us and demonstrate to guys like these that they can you know handle the game and sort of prove that they can play amongst men I think is a better stepping stone so that's worked well for the last two or three years now last question how quickly did the boys figure out the backboards (laughs) <laughs> well, having that practice here on uh, Tuesday definitely helped. That was kind of one of my little uh, annoyances from yesterday as we came here, we practiced, we were all talking about how quick the, the dasher is and the boards are lively. And then yesterday I felt like we weren't reading it at all. So it was like it kind of defeated the purpose of having it. But, uh, you know, definitely they're, you know, gaining familiarity and the dasher especially is quick when you rim it. It's pretty fast, but uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. I'm talking with the general manager and head coach of the Delta Ice Hawks, Steve Robinson. I appreciate you, this. All right, thank you. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Uh, wow, we're uh, going to talk about a classic, and that was the KIJHL matchup between the Kimberly Dynamiters and the Rebel Stoke Grizzlies. Bettinson just about keeps it in. He's got Chamberlain going towards the net. Bettinson, Carter Bettinson. Fight, long pass to the left side. Ethan Mattern shot is in the back of the net. Ethan Mattern out of nowhere. And the Grizzlies lead 2-0. Pass out front to Benson again. Just fans on him. And he gets it on. And it's in. Carter Benson's second goal of the night. And the Grizzlies are up 3-0. I think I speak for everybody here in the arena when I say that's more like it. These are the Grizzlies we know. He gets it stolen by Regan. Regan's got a man to the right. Finds him. 19 buries it. McLean. There you go. A pretty anticlimactic goal. Through a mix-up in front of the net. And with 11-11 exactly left on the board, the Kimberly Dynamiters get their first goal of the night. Reed. Gets a shot away through traffic. And that is it. That is it, folks. Rebel Stoke comes back with a huge victory against the Kimberly Dynamiters, and they keep their hopes alive here in the Cyclone Taylor Cup. 4-1, to one, the final score. On top shelf, the KIGHL podcast. I'm joined by the voice of the Rebel Stoke Grizzlies, Josh Piercy, along with Emmanuel Sequera, the director of <laughs> the director of communications for the KIJHL. But uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the evening game because, uh, you know, Josh, that was exactly what the hometown needed. Uh, just what the doctor ordered, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When Carter Benson scored that first goal, you could see the sort of wave of smiles go around the uh, Revelstoke Forum. And uh, after such a dejecting defeat in game one to bounce back, uh, I thought it was a big confidence win, and it's going to be a huge game going forward into tomorrow night where that's going to be a really chippy matchup against the Delta Ice Hawks. On a personal note, uh, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of Revelstoke Grizzlies hockey on hockey TV. I never got in the full experience of a goal here. Right. Uh, and certainly, I tried to record the fans, but you know what? 
you broadcasters talk too much. <laughs> so I wasn't able to record it. So I was actually able to record the whole thing on my, on my voice recorder when they scored the second goal. And then I sent it off to all my broadcast partners. It's just absolutely incredible. And if you've never been to the forum, you don't know what I'm talking about. But... hear it on the on hockey tv it's something else but uh you know i just wanted to pass that along talk a little bit about you know the disappointment i think that the revelstoke grizzlies had last night with their performance and the way they responded today. yeah well i think if we look back to the cyclone taylor cup from last year when the grizzlies lost the first two games in a row and then it was over by day three you know there was a huge disappointment in the team and even back here within the fans so it was so important for them to go out tonight especially on the home ice You've got the tournament here. You're the hosts. You know you obviously want to do well. So important for them to go out and put on a show. And I thought that's exactly what they did. You know, I think people who don't watch the Grizzlies all the time don't realize that this is how they play almost every single game of the year, especially here at the Forum. They draw you into how they want to play, and then they absolutely just destroy you by smothering you the entire time. And yeah, that it goes from back to front. They're a stingy team. They don't let many shots on, and when they do, they're in bad areas because the defense is keeping them out. Uh, to the outside, I thought Joseph Cachazlo came in tonight, yeah. starting in goal, and he had a great night. Yes, he did. And, uh, yeah, Carter Benson led from the front. Uh, he led us in scoring all season long, and, uh, yeah, if there was going to be anybody that was going to come out, give us an early goal uh, to get the crowd into it and to get the confidence flowing, uh, he was the guy, and that's exactly what happened. It's funny. I was talking with a couple of associate or assistant uh, coaches, and I said, boy, you guys were dominant, absolutely dominant tonight. And they said, meh. <laughs> a typical coach's answer. I thought they were dominant. What are your thoughts, Emmanuel? I mean, I guess if you were looking for a sign to see if these guys were really ready and, like, amped up for the game, it was just the way they responded, especially, like, Ethan Mattern when he oh, scored 2-0, yeah. and holy coward just fired up honestly it was just like he could have probably launched himself into the crowd that's how fired up he was but it was like i thought it was like really cool to see that and it's just like a ton of energy that they had they were just so fired up and it's just like you could tell how motivated they were to get that win and uh yeah no they looked really good like when was like especially like in the first period lots of jump in their game maybe a time maybe i don't know if i want to use the word trying too much or even like forcing the play, but sometimes it seemed a little bit choppy, but they had the energy and they were hungry to get on the puck, not really let Kimberly get anything going in their own zone. I did, I I really liked what I saw from them. You know, I've watched a lot of Cyclone Taylor Cup hockey, and for me, this is what CTC hockey looks like. It was fast paced, it was physical, end to end action. And you know what, Uh, it was full value for the fans, no question about it. Uh, For you guys, uh, we talked about Bettinson, we talked about Matern, we talked about Kachaslo. Were there any unsung heroes that maybe don't normally get the credit that you thought stood out tonight? I thought everybody on defense played really yeah, well. Uh, yeah. Car- I, and specifically Carson Renson, Will McPhee, Brendan Gallo. Those guys got banged up out there tonight. They went to the bench, uh, didn't put their head down, got right back out there. Brendan Gallo, I thought, was really good tonight. and It was really important for him to come back into this game after missing out in game one and prove why he should be in the lineup. And I think it really showed Will McPhee. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, captain. Yeah, yeah. There's so many guys in the Revelstoke Grizzlies no who do a lot more than just show up on the ice. They're a really veteran team. There's a lot of 20 year olds on this team, uh, a lot of leaders. And, uh, you know, to have the turnaround in confidence that they did between night one and night two, uh, I think it shows that those guys 
they they did that in between time on the ice. Okay. Yeah, just sort of yeah. just saying what he was saying, especially about Gallo. Like he really paid the price a few times. On the, there was a few times where he was kind of skating limping. <laughs> you could tell he was in a little bit of pain heading to the bench, but like yeah, he was just sacrificing himself and like everybody. It's I guess it's almost kind of hard to pinpoint on some guy because they were all giving it and like the extra effort on the defense and like doing their best to like not give up any big chances. You know, we're going to close this section off by uh, talking with the associate coach for the Revelstoke Grizzlies, Yuri Novak. Yuri, big victory uh, tonight over the rival KIJHL Kimberly Dynamiters. Talking a little bit first about uh, the play yesterday, how disappointed you guys were in the play of your team and how they responded. You want to talk about the way your guys responded tonight? Obviously, like we were, we were disappointed, like how we played yesterday. Uh, I think like we we didn't show up overall. Like there was, it was it was bad game from from us, and we needed we needed a bounce back. And I think the guys kind of took a lesson yesterday, and they uh, they show up today. They they knew that they didn't play good. So today, like overall, uh, even like the focus and the details, uh, what we had to do better than yesterday, it it was there, and that's kind of why we why we won today. Talk a little bit about the play of Carter Bettinson. He was, well, he was MVP for a good reason. He opened the scoring for you guys and he looked good all, all night. Uh, just, but talk about what he means to the club. Uh, he, he means a lot. Like as a, as a 20 years old uh, player, uh, he cares. He cares. Uh, yesterday, again, like uh, we didn't play a long time. So it was kind of rusty from, from the start. So again, like I said before, uh, all the guys kind of knew what it means uh, to play against Kimberly because they they know them from a regular season. And uh, when we play with them, it was kind of tight game. Carter, Carter, Carter step up, kind of set the tone for the other guys. Uh, even in the in the room, like he he was a good example for the other guys, and the other guys just follow him today. You know, the victory uh, tonight really opens up the opportunities to get into that gold medal game. It's a whole new tournament now. What do your boys have to do to be successful tomorrow and make sure they're in the gold medal game? Uh, we don't look like on the whole oh, like a big picture. We just want to be focused, like uh, shift by shift, and be focused what we have to do to get a good result for us that's obviously victory right so that's kind of what we want just be focused shift by shift don't look like what can happen or don't look how the other teams play just be focused on uh, ourselves and play there in the right way like how we have to play Yuri Novak is the associate coach for the Revelstoke Grizzlies thank you so much for doing this yeah thank you it was my pleasure on Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast, continuing with day two wrap-up, uh, talking with Josh Piercy from the Revelstoke Grizzlies and from the KIGHL, Emmanuel Sequeira. Uh, guys, Saturday action, and usually in most tournaments, Saturday is a confusing day figuring out who's going to be there, and today's no different. <laughs> uh, what do you guys expect today? we got a couple of games, Kimberly and Oceanside, and Delta and Revelstoke, the night game. What can we expect today? I think just more exciting hockey. Yeah. I mean, especially with how tight the standings are. I mean, looking at it, so Delta is in first with four points. Oceanside and Revelstoke at three points, and then Kimberly at two. Wow. So it's not going to be surprising to continue to see what we've been seeing, like hard physical battles and that hunger to get to get the win. So so I, I will pass on just before we go further and, and go to Josh. So the tiebreaker is, if there's two teams tied, it's head-to-head, right? If there's three teams tied, 
it's something I think you have to draw blood, something like that. I'm not sure, yeah. quite sure how it works, but basically it's a, it's a differential between those three teams that are tied. And then if it's still tied, it goes to a differential based on the number of goals you scored. So, so like I'm not a rocket science, and that's what it sounds like, but that's kind of what happens if we end up with a tie going to the medal games. Josh, your thoughts on, on uh, what's coming up on Saturday? Yeah, well, interestingly, every team now has earned themselves one win. And right. every team has earned themselves one loss. Uh, in the afternoon game, we're going to see the two teams that both lost today in Oceanside and Kimberley. Uh, Kimberley, I thought, looked really dejected tonight. We talked about whether or not they were going to be able to carry their momentum all the way through because that they just finished that Game 7 on Monday against Princeton. Uh, and I thought maybe it showed a little bit tonight. I think they were missing a little bit in the tank. And the same thing with Oceanside this afternoon. Delta were just sharper. They were just on them. And yeah. then in the evening game... Delta, big confidence team. Revelstoke, point to prove here on home ice. That's going to be a fiery matchup. Yeah. So not really sure what's going to happen in either game. I, I think I, I wouldn't put me on the spot to, to, to pick who is going to win <laughs> in, in either of those matchups. But either way, yeah, it's going to be another interesting day. You guys, uh, Emmanuel, any, any last thoughts on, on what to expect on Saturday? I just think the great hockey that we're seeing is going to continue. Yeah. And, it's, I, and I think it's going to be more physical battles a bit more of the between the whistle stuff you just love i mean there's been big hits yeah hasn't there hasn't there uh i mean and and big clean hits yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, not like big dirty hits but like yeah mostly Uh, big clean ones yeah one of the things i can tell you based on my experience uh is if you're going to lose tomorrow you want to lose in the matinee game not in the evening game because most times when they go to the bronze medal game the team that lost at night is the team that loses in the bronze medal game. It's because the daytime team has more time to absorb the disappointment and they're ready for the game. So, you know, it's gonna be very, very important for that evening game for those two teams to, to play their best hockey. They are right now. You know the boys are giving it everything they got, but that's just something I've observed over the past. So uh, any closing co- thoughts, guys, before we uh, wrap up uh, day two? Yeah, if, if any of these teams feel like they've only got a little bit left in the tank tomorrow, empty the tank. I just want to see more goals too. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Uh, you know, it's kind of a tradition. I know it's only two programs, but it's uh, usually now time for our Revelstoke moment with Josh. Uh, you talked a little bit yesterday about what to do in the area, so let's just close with that. Well, I mean, the uh, Revelstoke Mountain Resort—they kept the uh, season going an extra really? an extra week yeah. long. They were going to close oh, yeah, last right. weekend. Uh, they extended it to this weekend for all you fine folks who are uh, joining from from out of town so if you haven't had an opportunity they got the uh, late season prices on the go right now why not go check it out uh but also it's almost springtime down in the valley so maybe go for a hike go for a walk around yeah enjoy the sun why not what is there not to do in revelstoke you know so on behalf of myself mark berry along with josh piercy and emmanuel sequera thank you very much day two wraps up and we'll be back here tomorrow night to find out what happened in day three and who's in the medal rounds